fans, it is that time of year again. You know what I'm talking about. Where us horror fans try to find new, exciting Christmas-themed horror flicks to watch. Yeah, just check your social media. You see lots of uh, people posting about watching a Christmas horror film each day in December. And, you know, there's a lot of horror films out there, Christmas-themed horror films, where there's a killer Santa Claus, right? But I'm going to give you a little suggestion for a Christmas horror watch. I'm Troy Scamella, and I actually wrote and directed a little film called Mrs. Claus. Uh, it deals with a sorority house with a sinister past uh, that is holding a Christmas party, and just so happens that a killer disguised as Mrs. Claus shows up and starts dispatching the partygoers one by one in very bloody, festive ways. Uh, the film stars Brink Stevens from The Slimmer Party Massacre, Helene Udi from My Bloody Valentine. You may remember her. She's the one that gets impaled on the showerhead, one of the best kills probably in 80s slasher history. Uh, and indie horror darling Kaylee Williams. Um, yeah, the film it's, it was released back in 2017, uh, or actually 2018. We filmed it in 2017. But uh, if you like, you know, 80s throwback style slashers with lots of blood and practical effects, then definitely check this one out. Um, I think that you'll really enjoy it if you can, you know, if you're a fan of indie, you know, indie film. Uh, there's a few twists and turns along the way that make it fun. Uh, great cast with great chemistry. And again, the kills are creative, festive, and bloody. Um, the killer dispatches the group with using a variety of Christmas-themed weapons. So definitely check it out. It's Mrs. Claus. It's available on Amazon Prime to watch for free. If you have Amazon Prime, it's on Tubi for free. Um, and it's available. You can purchase the DVD through Amazon, Target, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, all those fun retailers. But yeah, if you're looking for a unique uh, little Christmas themed slasher to watch, check out Mrs. Claus. And yeah, and feel free to let me know what you think about it. All right. All right, and we're back, and with our second interview uh, um, for our uh, Belly Full of Blood uh, Christmas special here. We have um, writer and director uh, John Ward of um, the Axmas and Axmas 2 films. How you doing today, John? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh, we're just kind of kind of get just jump into it again um, as you were around for that last call there. So it was that yeah, was a pretty fun one. Um, so that I was a good to... one. I, I enjoyed listening to it. So Adam had a lot of good things to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a great, great, fantastic guy. So I um, wanted to get into your Axmas stuff here. Um, if people haven't seen any of these, either of these films, uh, Axmas and Axmas 2, I suggest, uh, highly suggest you go check them out. They're some of the best independent um, Christmas horror films I've seen. Um, I, I, the only thing I, I could say bad about them was I wish they were a little bit longer. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they are just uh, really great uh, films. And so uh, how did you... Um, decided to come up with the uh, the concept for this and, and basically base it inside of a, um, a storage facility, which I thought was just a great uh, move. There's so many things you can do in a storage facility. So, Well, thanks. Um, it actually, it started probably 30 years ago, if not more, is I was living in Pasadena. And this is, we're talking like 
internet was dial up. You, you still had to do everything through papers and all that type of stuff if you wanted a film job. And I came up with the title Aximus, but didn't know what to do with it or how to make it. And then I moved from Pasadena up to Northern California, the Bay Area, and wanted to make um, like a Christmas horror movie. And my grandparents and my family would be in it. And uh, my grandfather would play like a killer Santa. And I shot uh, eight millimeter um, footage of it, and which I still have. And um, uh, more test footage stuff at a Christmas dinner. That didn't go anywhere. And it just, nothing happened for a long time. And then I was working at a, a storage facility and every tenant that came in would say, this place is really creepy. I would never want to be here on my own. Um, <laughs> you know, last night when I was here, I thought I heard somebody because people do, they live inside the storage units from time to time. And, but they just try to keep really quiet about it. And uh, so I thought, well, wow, you know, I should make a slasher movie here. And started just kind of fooling around with ideas for a slasher film. And they were all boring. It was all routine. It was just killer living in a unit that's killing tenants and it's boring. And my one of my favorite franchises is the Silent Night, Deadly Night films. So yeah. I'm a huge Silent Night, Deadly Night fan, especially parts one and two. And, Which I noticed you had, uh, a couple of, uh, you had a couple of names in there that you had dropped of um... – uh, Ricky and um, <laughs> uh, oh, why am I blanking on the names? But the names of the characters of oh, uh, Ricky and Billy. Yeah, yeah, and Billy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, every character is except for like Saint Nick or or Uncle Chris. Basically, yeah. I've probably seen ninety nine percent of the characters in both Axis One and Two are either named after a character or an actor in one of the Silent Night Deadly Night movies. That's what uh, I thought. Yeah, I thought that was the case. Yeah, it was it's complete that and scream. Uh um scream being the whole meta type of thing. So between Scream and Series of Silent Night Deadly Night, I wanted to kind of combine the two um and and make this this film. Uh but I, since it was my first film, you know, I hadn't shot anything in decades um since film school. Uh, you know, which, which I mentioned to you where Adam helped me, where he was uh, my mentor and really, I mean, I can't give the guy enough praise, uh, but he really helped me through that time, which was great. And, uh, but that was really the last time that I ever did anything. And um, so Axmas was the first one that I did, that I wrote and directed on my own and really felt like I was going to fail. And what happened with that is it, I came up with the idea. The my boss's boss, I asked, "Can I make a horror movie here?" And he goes, "Look, you could do it, but if anybody breaks an arm, I know nothing about it. If you fall off a building, I know nothing about it. You because we had no insurance, That's we awesome. had nothing." Yeah. And he's just like, "Go shoot it, but I have no idea. So if you come to me and say, "Dude, Joe broke his leg," I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, no problem at all. We'll, we'll be as careful as we can. And of course, nothing happened. It was fine. And um, it was just this whole thing of can, you know, can I do this and how should I do it? And I wrote the script and Brad Twig, who's a filmmaker, um, he said uh, he, he's done 
many movies that are out there. Um, you know, Death Board is his newest one. And he was putting together uh, an anthology called Frames of Fear, part two. And I sent him, I sent him a, a message saying, hey, you know, I see that you're looking for short films. Um, I have a script. You know, I know I'm nobody, but can, you know, would you be willing to put this into your film? And he goes, well, send me the script. And he messaged me back and said, if you can make this script into a film, I will put it into the anthology. You will have a play. And that, that was it. From there, it was just go. And we shot it very quickly. It was shot over four days. Oh, awesome. Nice. Yeah, four very cold days. So <laughs> yeah. starting oh, at like that 11 at night, so about five in the morning in February, <laughs> in basically a, a, you know, a, like a concrete metal building. You know, so it was very cold, but we had heaters and blankets and coffee and all that type of stuff. So, so what was your uh, main influence for uh, making it a Christmas film and doing, uh, you know, basically kind of Santa Claus as the killer? Just had to do, just wanted to do something different. Just wanted, I mean, obviously Christmas Santa films aren't anything new, but I wanted to place it in, you know, if I were, you know, if I was to do one, I wanted to put it into a different environment. And I had the free environment. You know, I worked at the storage facility. I kind of got that under the carpet, underneath the floorboard, kind of okay to make it. So it was like, well, let's just do this. And being a fan of the Silent Night, Deadly Night films and kind of wanting to put my own stamp on a Christmas slasher film, you know, that maybe one day when you see one of these, I mean, it's been on lists, which is nice, both parts one and two. They've been on lists on like IMDb and things. But I want to be more on on like a real list of these are like Christmas, you know, must see horror movies. And yeah, which, which um, these are definitely. Well, thank you. Yeah, they they got great reviews. Um, uh, Richard Moog, who wrote the, uh, who's a filmmaker up in in Canada, um, he did a Easter Bunny bloodbath. Um, he wrote a review book just on Christmas horror movies called uh, Gift Wrapped and Gutted. And I have that book. Yeah, if you, if you look in it, Axmas 1 and 2 are highly recommended on both. And yeah. I was so thrilled uh, to see that. And uh, Richard is one of my favorite kind of like micro-budget filmmakers that I was uh, uh, honored to be in his Easter Bunny Bloodbath Part 2. So, you know, that's kind of like a bucket list thing that I got to be in one of his films. So nice. that's really it. You know, I just wanted to kind of put my stamp on the Christmas horror films. I love Christmas horror films. Uh, Christmas is my favorite holiday. December is my favorite month. So it just kind of all kind of came together into this into this one series. Yeah, and I really enjoyed the fact that you didn't make it necessarily Santa Claus, but just you know somebody crazy slasher in a suit, which makes it even more interesting than just using the typical Santa Claus as like um, what's the one with Goldberg, the wrestler. Fly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, because I mean. Besides, um, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night, the, you know, those those few films, there's really not many slashers, you know, Christmas style slashers, which is what I found fantastic. And because I'm a big, uh, you know, advocate of slasher films and and all that. Actually, I just uh, wrote one myself. Me and a buddy of mine got together and um, for an anthology book, um, we wrote a little quick. Uh, it's called Strip Mall Santa. And basically a little slasher, slasher thing we wrote ourselves, which is, you know, 
really fun being that it's it's the Christmas time, so you get to play with the elements and, and all that stuff, um, which is a little bit different from your films because you were using the um, the storage facility, and like I said, you can do so many things in a place like that, and, and especially the maze and, um, you know, all that, so... Well, and a lot of that's true. It's, it's tenants have called it a maze. Um, uh, cell phones don't work. Um, we didn't really bring in cell phones into it. But um, if you actually look into the back pocket of, of Ashley, Ashley Campbell, who plays Sarah, she always has a red cell phone in her back pocket. And we forgot to have her remove it. And I didn't even see it until editing. And I was like, oh, crap. Then why, why wouldn't she just take out her phone? and Call nine one one then, but we did, it was wasn't in the script and nobody thought about it at all. But if I wanted to do it realistically, yeah, cell phones really wouldn't even work inside there. Yeah. So yeah. it's a lot of that stuff is, you know, like in the first film where they mentioned that the elevator moves really slow. It does because it's a, yeah. you know, it, it's it's a uh, it's one of the larger kind of shipping elevators and and uh, so a lot of the a lot of the the dialogue is is true. You know, all the stuff that, that Dylan, David says in there, you know, the place is closed from five, we open up again at 11, all that's real. That, that's all real stuff. Oh, awesome. That's, yeah, that's really cool. So uh, what did they say after you uh, filmed these and you got them made? Uh, what, what was the, the owner's uh, reaction to it? Just I don't think curious. any of them, nobody saw it. I don't think they ever saw oh, it. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I well, made it. If you're listening it. out there, you better check it out now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where I think they just didn't, as long as I didn't show the logo, like the company logo, they were fine with it. But they really didn't want their, their storage facility kind of associated with, uh, um, you know, with a slasher movie. And yeah. uh, so I don't think any of them really, wa- it was only was like my a couple people like the people I work with now because I, I work at a different storage facility. Um, they also all worked at the same company as me. We either quit or were fired from that company, and then the owners made up this one, so they started their own storage facility company. And so a lot of them now have seen both because they're on Tubi, you know, or they purchased them. So now they've seen them, but this is like years later. And was it the uh, same uh, storage facility you used in both of the films? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that that was just only because I had, I had free access to it. And the, the first one was actually, there was never meant to be a second film. That's why I cut oh. the head off of, off of John, you know, off of, off of Nick. It, yeah. it was only supposed to be one film, and then we just kind of see – Sarah walk out and, and it's done. But people asked, are you going to do a sequel? And it's like, how do I do a sequel when <laughs> yeah. the bad guy's head got cut? You know, because he's not Jason or, or Michael. Or yeah, that's like, um, it's like the H2O, you know, with, with Michael Myers when he chopped his head off. It's like, how do you, how do you come back? You wrote yourself in the corner. How do you come back from that, you know? Yeah, at least Michael had a mask <laughs> on. So, you know, so that that's when it, it's some heavy uh, uh, thinking had to come in and, and, and heavy yeah. creativity to, you know, what do I do for a second one? And uh, one of the ideas for the second one that I had was so off track because that's when 
the same cameraman was going to do it and, and, and John was going to be back in it and, and his neck and, and where Sarah is now living at the beach and she's trying to deal with what went on and murdering somebody and John is, is, or Nick is, is haunting her in her dreams and he, and uh, Nick or uh, yeah, Nick has a, uh, almost kind of like a, like an Igor type person by him and he sews his head back on and he's got the like the Frankenstein monster stitches around his neck nice. and sends him that out. So now, yeah, it's very, very different. And I thought this is it's turning more into Freddy, I think, than it than it was anything yeah. else. So that that got scrapped. <laughs> yeah, so um uh dang it, I was blank for a second there. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, they're really fantastic films. Um, the, um, so I was wondering what you were going to do, um, about with the third and fourth film that you had mentioned you're, you're going to be doing here pretty soon that you're running a camp campaign for. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about those? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The camp, the campaign went really well. Um, I was a little scared at first, uh, but near its, its last few days, it, it, it hit really good momentum. And um, it's in demand right now. I'm happy where it's at. So I don't really need more money um, because I can really make both of these uh, quite easily now. And because um, I, I did the first two out of my own pocket. And so it's oh, nice okay. that I kind of have that freedom now to, uh, to do other stuff. But this will – there's a fair amount of people that are returning um, from part two that are in part three. And oh, awesome. so it, it will be – kind of like Scream 1, 2, and 3, where That's I kind of awesome. want to bring it back to where it kind of begins in a way. So, um, I mean, they, they've been out on Tubi now for a while, so I guess this really isn't spoilers, but like Drew will be back, Donna Hamblin will be back, Ashley will be back, um, uh, Dylan, who plays David, he'll be back in a way, uh, uh, Ben Stover will be back in a way, um, there's a fair amount of people that are coming back for this. And um, this one will feel a little more like Scream 4 in a way, kind of combined okay. with Scream 3. But I'm not ripping them off. But those, I'm just kind of using those as examples. But it, it's, it's – I already know exactly what's going to – I mean pretty much every – I'm killing everybody off. And, they're, and so I'm, I'm done kind of after Part 3. But then Part 4 – is going to introduce two new characters and it's going to be like silent night deadly night part two where the first part of the movie will be the two characters discussing the first three films and we'll be getting the flashbacks to the first three movies That's and then brilliant. it will kick in with the brand new stuff so as of your both of you being horror fans you probably have that um sleepaway camp box set that the yeah. white box and it came with that bonus disc of part four. Yep. yep. That's, yep. that's what I want to do with part four is you buy parts one, two, and three, and then you get that bonus disc, uh, and, you know, with the box set, or it will be sold separately, or it will be combined at one point through um, Scream Time Films as like a two-hour movie. But you'll be able to kind of get like little collector's editions of it. And uh, but it will still be within canon. It will still kind of just be like a little epilogue to the whole thing. And both of them will be around thirty minutes. Oh, nice. 
super cool. Yeah, these are definitely uh, a couple of films that I'm going to be re- revisiting every Christmas now. Um, you know, since I, was, I didn't have a clue that they existed until I, I saw your campaign. And then I was like, oh, my God, I got to get on this because, I mean, Axmas, just the title alone sells itself, you know. So And Drew is awesome. Oh, at I, I love uh, Party Massacre. It was really cool to see him at it. Yeah, uh, which you had um, you had Tommy on there as well uh, in part two. Yes. So, Tommy Vegas. Yeah, yeah, that's the great you know that's the great thing about Vegas is a lot of people don't know it does have it's small but it's a thriving film community and we tend to help each other out a lot and Drew has helped me out twice now you know he was of course Uncle Chris in in Axis Two but he was also the prophet in Meat Hook Massacre Four and then yeah. I went and helped him for two days on his short film for 1031 part two and then like tommy i met tommy vegas on a film called scare me also the same thing um with uh with uh, uh tom who played the security guard um i met him up on scare me also and mark justice who was the, who was angry dad who got killed with a christmas tree you tend to meet a lot of people and then you bring them onto your own projects yeah and then from that, you go work on their project. So um, I've already put it out there with Drew, um, you know, for, you know, I'd love to help out on Pool Party Massacre 2, and um, which he's going to be shooting. He'll probably shoot that first, um, and then we'll probably do, you might, uh, like, Axmas 3, um, because he's got to, he wants to shave his beard, and I, and I hope I haven't given anything away with Drew, but we're going to he's going to shave his beard and then we're going to save like pieces of it so he could use that in in part three so yeah so it's a it's a really cool community that's out here i mean you get to work with a lot of really really great people and and the way a lot of these people come off on facebook is how they are so when you see somebody like drew's kind of bigger than life that's that's how he is you know that's just the type of guy so, uh, so I know you've said um, Scream and, and um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, um, but what what were some of the other influences that um, uh, helped you make this film? That you know, that made you want to make the Xmas. Um, well, Black Christmas, the original Black Christmas, um, that had a lot to do with it, especially on the first film. Um, <clears throat> the there's another movie called Final Exam. Yes, that was I done in 1980, yeah, at the college, which I absolutely, you know, absolutely loved. So that had a lot to do with it. Um, certain shots of the killer, um, like when he's in the uh, the gym with the basketball court in it, you just get that long shot of the killer, uh, stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, some of the traditional stuff, Halloween, prom night, uh, the remake of Sorority Row surprisingly plays a little bit into this with like with the dialogue because i'm a huge sorority row fan i think it's probably one of the best remakes out there um especially the the remake of black christmas which is not great but the dialogue between the sorority sisters in that film and sorority row i think is great the way they talk to one another is so mean that i could actually see sorority girls talking that way yeah. to each other. I totally bought into it. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I can watch both of those, you know, so much. 
So there, there's a fair amount. You know, Christmas Evil is another one that I would say. So it, it's kind of taken stuff from here and there, including just regular movies too. You know, The Graduate. Um, you know, uh, Jaws. You know, just things like that too. Just little bits here and there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's always good to put you know put things that you to be influenced by certain things. Um, because uh, I think it was Quentin Tarantino who said that before. Is like. He's like, I'm not ripping these, these things off. I, you know, they're influencing me. So that's, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, see, I, I would say I would say that it depends on how you do it and if you're talented in doing it. Because there is, like if you've ever seen the Dirty Harry film, The Deadpool, they do make a comment at the beginning of the film where the guy says, you're ripping off this movie. And the director who's doing the music video is saying, no, it's an homage. So it mm-hmm. matters. Yeah. I think the filmmaker who does it, there are certain filmmakers out there, one in particular who I won't name, um, who rips off, and, and, and if anybody who follows my Facebook pages, his name is normally in quotes as filmmaker. Um, <laughs> and a lot of people yeah, we all out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he, he tends to just rip stuff off. Like there's no there's no homage to it or oh i have a love for it it's literally ripping something off but you you can take something from some other movie and put it in your film and show it with love and that it's a tribute and 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 stuff so i think it just matters who it is yeah yeah so um uh as we're doing the christmas stuff here uh so what are some of your favorite uh christmas films horror or non-horror uh Anything that pops out to you that you you watch every year? Um, of course, Silent Night, Deadly Night, one through three, I normally watch. Um, Christmas Evil, I'll normally watch. Um, I like Scrooge. I think it's 1951 is when it came out. Um, Black and White, that scared the living crap out of me as a kid. So I've like, watched it. Do you like the Bill Murray version? I do like Scrooge. My only problem with it is, is that it goes script-wise. It goes a little crazy near the end. Yeah, it definitely does. They they just yeah. kind of threw everything out at the screen. But I, I think otherwise, yeah, I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, uh, it's Richard Donner, so you know it's kind of like what is there not yeah. to like? Yeah. Um, now, and and as as Adam had mentioned, you know, of course, Die Hard, Die Hard Two, because that also takes place at Christmas. Lethal Weapon, I could always watch that mm-hmm. around Christmas. Yeah, people uh-huh. always forget that both Die Hards are actually Christmas, the first and second. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I would probably people, say Die Hard Two is more Christmas than the first one. Yeah, I agree. A lot of people always just you know they they just just say the first one. They don't ever actually remember the second one. So yeah, which is a shame because it, it's kind of the one that gets left out of the fold. Yeah, which to me actually I think is probably I mean the the original is great, but I mean the second one really you know really um you know knocks it home. So I'm the same oh yeah. Too. yeah. Hey, motherfuckers. Sorry to interrupt your show. No, I'm not. Justin Shock here with Shock Rock Podcast. Look it up. Listen to it. Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. You can listen to a podcast. Shock Rock Podcast is there. So, you want to know about heavy metal, black metal, death metal, thrash metal, punk rock, hardcore, horror punk? And, you know, whatever the fuck I feel like talking about. Listen to it. 
That name again, Justin Shock with Shock Rock Podcast. Keep it bloody. Yeah, definitely um, uh, sequel-wise, I think it's still the, the best sequel. So have you seen uh, um, Secret Santa? I have not. I've wanted to see it for quite a while, and I just have not watched it yet. I'm, I'm not up. Uh, uh, that's probably one of the only ones that I haven't seen of Adam's. You know, I've seen uh, Conspiracy, and I've seen Let It Snow, and, and you yeah. know, of course, you know, Jason Goes to Hell. And, yeah. and so what, what's ever available out there I've seen, but Secret Santa is not the – I just have not watched it yet, no. You'll like it. It's a lot of fun. I wouldn't yeah, doubt it. Sure. It's got a great sense of humor. So it's an, and that showed in in uh, Friday. So yeah, it's more of a comedy than anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. So because it's um, I was uh, lucky enough to see Let It Snow at the Sundance Film Festival um, oh, in awesome. two thousand. Yeah, that's where I met Adam, and um, so it's kind of funny how we how we kind of went from a Friday the Thirteenth to let it snow, sure. you know, winter movie, and now he's kind Wrong of circling call. back to, yeah, to the <laughs> yeah. back to the, the the Christmas movie again. So, so uh, oh, Santa other... Jaws, that, that's another one. Santa Jaws is a good one to watch. Yeah, actually, I was going to ask you that. One. Oh, wow. I was going to ask if you've seen that. <laughs> we uh, we just reviewed that over at the Shitty Shark Show, and we had a really fun time with that one. That's a great, oh, uh, you know, great original Christmas type of film. So. I think it's a lot better than anyone would expect. It's it's just oh yeah. Well, I was trying to do like like what you were doing, Maddie, and 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 have do like the Shark Week, which I yeah. almost threw it. But there was just like there were a few days where it's like oh, I gotta go do something else. I just don't have time. And, and so I think I made it through about halfway. And uh, Santa Jaws was one of them I did, and the director actually did a post going, oh, thank you for watching this. You know, it means so much. Because people were going, is this real? This can't be a real no. movie. No way. <laughs> that was our reaction on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's pretty funny. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. because uh, when we did our Christmas episode for that, uh, for the Shitty Shark Show podcast, and a couple people had actually said uh, to me personally that we should do the uh, Santa Jobs, and I was like, yeah, we already talked about it. We're definitely covering that, so. Exactly. I mean, what else are you going to do? Other than Jaws the Revenge, I would say take place at Christmas, but you got to do Santa Jaws. <laughs> oh, yeah, that does. That that I've watched on a couple Christmases, too. Yeah, because you, you kind of forget that Jaws the Revenge is, is uh, Christmas. I mean, it completely removes itself from the 4th of July yep. in order yeah. summer entirely. So it's very different for the series. And, and as awful as it is, I mean, I actually love the movie. I think it's better than part three. It is. I agree. It's so much fun. I love yeah, it. Especially, <laughs> yeah, when, when when Bruce number three or four now, <laughs> what number are we at on Bruce? Well, when he attacks the, the, the woman on that, that catamaran, is it, that she's on? And, and yeah, just I pulls think. her into the water. To me, that's worthy of at least part two. Maybe part one, but it, it's, it's at least worthy of part two. Yeah. So have you uh, checked out the uh, film um, Rare Exports? Have you ever seen that one? Yes, and and I like that one. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's like and the uh, my that's pretty much my favorite uh Christmas horror movie is that one. I still need to watch it. I just you kinda watch the shorts also. I think maybe even before yeah. watch the movie, watch the yeah. shorts. I think they they might be on YouTube. But um uh, okay. <laughs> it, they're they're worth it. Like they're like little documentaries on these these kind of uh Santa creature things and, and uh yeah. And I and I remember I got into uh, uh, an argument with with a producer on online about that where she was like I, I can't believe that they're doing this to Santa why would I want to watch a movie like this with Santa it's like he, he's not Santa yeah no not like, at all <laughs> no this isn't Santa at all it's like have, did, have you watched the trailer or didn't done any research and oh, okay yeah you're one of those people you know all right okay yeah whatever but no it's yeah. quite good. There's a few of them out there. Some good foreign ones. Uh, Blood Christmas is good. Yeah. Visually, I, that looks really well done. Like directing wise, it's really good. I also saw one that was um, uh, Dreaming of a White Doomsday, and I thought that was a really great film too. Um, it's uh, kind of a uh, yeah, kind of infected Santa, <laughs> apocalyptic. That I want to see. Uh, just the title alone uh, intrigues me. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I do want to pick it up. It's yeah. it's really good. It stays with you after you watch it. Like it's it's really good. Yeah, it almost doesn't feel like an independent film at all, you know. But it, it's just really, really solid. The director is he's fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah, nice when you get that. You know, when you get that low budget, you know, film that feels like it's a huge Hollywood movie. Well, I mean, that's mm -hmm. how yours felt as well. That's how Xmas and Xmas Two felt. That's why I was a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit mad that they weren't a little bit longer. I, I was wanting more of each, you know. So. Yeah. I loved well, I the lighting. I wanted to say in part two, there's a lot of red and green in there, and I thought it was really cool. Well, thanks. That that's the the rule is, is I wanted each film, and that that goes with three and four. Each film will have a different cameraman. And um, I've been lucky enough to find camera people that can also do post-production. So, mm -hmm. like, part three is going to be shot by Joe Lujan, um, who did, like, uh, the Immortal Wars series, the Rust series. Um, he's done a bunch of stuff. And um, so he's going to be shooting that. Um, and then I got a different DP for part four. But they got to uh, – yeah, they got to have the colors. Um, they have to have, like, r long shots or long takes. And they have to look like part two more than part one, but they have to look more Hollywood because yeah. I'm not, so I'm not, I've gotten into arguments with people, like, like serious arguments with people online where it's like, I don't want to make indie movies my whole life. I want somebody to see something and say, you know, we want you to make the next Friday the 13th or the next yes. Nightmare on Elm Street or I don't. I don't want to work at a storage facility until I die, and make <laughs> these movies that have this kind of small audience. I want. I want movies to actually be made by Lionsgate or Blumhouse or, you know, that those those are my goals, and that's why I try to make everything look like that. You know, they just can't. You can't see the boom. You know, you can't. You know, I'll do twenty yeah. takes of something until it gets done right. So yeah, it, it's it, yeah. So I appreciate that. Thank you, because they're they're yeah, meant to look more professional than your your average micro budget film. And they definitely do. 
that was one of the reasons oh. I wanted to have you on here is because when I when I watched them, I, I mean, they were just so great that, you know, I just I was like, I, I let me reach out real quick and see if I can get them on the podcast. Because, I mean, like I said, I barely stumbled upon them just from seeing the campaign and, and, you know, being friends with you on Facebook. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I missed these. You know, I didn't. I So I want more people to to head out and watch, to, you know, watch these. Like you said, you can catch them on, on Tubi or buy the, the um, DVDs. Well, and the DVDs are, are great. Um, I put the DVDs together, and uh, Axis One is it's a single DVD, and the film's thirty. Uh, the film's twenty eight minutes, but there's an hour and ten minute, like a seventy minute documentary on the movie. Oh, wow. Actually, it's behind the scenes. I don't want to say that. I, I was corrected. It's behind the scenes. It's not a documentary. And then there's <laughs> trailers and and other things on there. And then for part two. Um, it's a double disc uh, because there's also another 70 minute behind the scenes, but there's awesome. five, six audio commentaries. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Awesome. So it, it's like I do one by myself and I do one with Ashley Campbell. Then I do one with uh, Drew and Ben. And then I do one with Miranda and Oz, who did the special effects, and then I do one with uh, the the Matt DP, and a couple other people are in there too. And so th there's a whole bunch of different uh, different audio commentaries on there. So each DVD gets bigger because I figure, like you said, you wish that they were longer. And yeah. and so if you're paying fifteen twenty dollars for a DVD, you feel cheated if it's thirty minutes and there's nothing. Yeah. Else extra content which yeah, you loaded so just, them up, like yeah to the point where uh todd cook told me i couldn't put any more on <laughs> like it was, nice. it was full that's nice. why we had to go to two dvds on the second one so i had so much stuff and i wanted people to feel happy with it so and even with the uh um the i don't i call it official the like the official Meat Hook Massacre 4 DVD, I put that entire thing together and tried to add stuff to that one too. So people would be happy, you know, with that one. They just didn't get yeah. the film. They got other things on there. So, you know. And I will say it's, it's still it's still considered the best. I don't care what anybody says. So that That's filmmaker quote. <laughs> but it, it is considered the best by the critics. So, um, uh, where can people find that at? The uh, or buy the uh, Axmas and Axmas Two at? Uh, they could get well. Uh, there's two places. Uh, they could get it through Todd Cook through the uh, Screen Time Films, so they could buy it there individually, or they could do. Uh, 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 you guys pointed this out that the that collection that they're included yeah, in custom box uh, set is a really good deal and well worth that. I'm gonna definitely grab one. Yeah, I got one that Todd brought out a couple of years ago that has the mask from Evil Knight on it. And it's got like two, I think it's two machetes that go across it. Um, and then, yeah, then he has, now I guess you can get like two or three of them. So you can get them individually or in that set. And then through him, and then also Brad Twig has it through Fuzzy Monkey Films on um, uh, Axmas 1 is on Brutality which is from Wild Eye Releasing, and that's still the anthology. And then you can also get Axmas 2 
on Fright Vision, which has uh, two different versions of my other another short film I did called Skull Evil. And then there's awesome. a couple other things on there, like a fake commercial and some trailers and stuff too. So, and both of those are through <laughs> Brad Twig. So there's two different ways of, of getting it. But well, we love those fake commercials, don't we, Maddie? Always. D- Dingo, <laughs> Dingo Pizza, huh? Dingo Pizza, <laughs> your favorite. Well, see, <laughs> that's nice because it, it's connected to, you know, to the film. And so what we did was that we did a Chapman storage commercial where my friend oh, Philip awesome. is playing Monty Chapman. And so in Monty Chapman is in Axmas 2. He's being, you know, interviewed by Rose. And um, he's going to be in parts three and four also. But he does his own little commercial, like his own kind of like shitty little kind of like cheap, <laughs> cheaply made commercial. And we so added funny. that onto the, onto the Fright Vision desk. So um, you, you can kind of watch Axmas, then the Chapman commercial, and then Axmas 2. <laughs> Super cool. Awesome. All right, well, as we get close to wrapping up here, I wanted to give you a chance to uh, plug anything you have uh, you wanted fans to know about or go buy. I mean, we've already talked about the Axmas and Axmas 2, but um, any of your other films that you would like to, to uh, get out there? Um, we're gonna, uh, Brad Schwig and I are working on a second thing together of found footage films. So uh, there'll be two uh, shorts that I did that will be included in on that. So that will probably come out um, next year. Uh, so look forward to that. I think it's just maybe called Footage of the Dead. I, we haven't really got a title, but I think it's called Footage of the Dead for now. Uh, then, um, of course, Axis 3 and 4. Uh, when those are shot, we're going to do Ghoul. We're going to do a second round of crowdfunding for Ghoul, which just tanked as far as crowdfunding goes, which I didn't understand, to be honest. Um, and then we'll shoot that. That'll be a feature. So that'll be my second feature. And awesome. and after that, um, I did I did kind of put up like a little. It wasn't really fake, but it was like a thing that said "Blood in the Forest," and then I kind of upgraded. Oh, yeah, yeah, that it looks like it's from the seventies, and I got a really good response. And it's like, huh, okay, well, you know, I always <laughs> wanted to do kind of like a creature feature movie, so you know, I'm thinking maybe that after Ghoul, and and uh, is shooting a short for. Uh, um, the new Phil Herman anthology called Delete. And I think that probably comes out next year. Going to be shooting that in a couple weeks. And then maybe awesome. Skull Evil 2. Oh, because I have a Cosmic Horror anthology that I'm producing, that I'm putting together, uh, that has some really good filmmakers on there. And um, so I'll be putting a couple of my own shorts on there, like Skull Evil, Skull Evil 2, you know, make that. So a bunch of stuff going on next year. Awesome. Exciting stuff. All right, well, we appreciate you coming out and taking time uh, to talk to us. Um, I really enjoy these two films and can't wait for the third and fourth. And like I said, I highly suggest anybody listening to go out and purchase those right away because they're definitely worth it, especially with the um, 70 minute, you know, behind the scenes on each disc is well worth the money for the price of the film, even though they, you know, like you said, it's a little bit short and they might feel a little bit, you know, taken that they didn't get a full feature, but. I mean, they're to me they're they're just as good as any feature I've seen uh, Christmas horror wise. So so. 
Well, thank you. And there's only so much you can do in the storage facility. You know, you can't really, unless you want to take it outside like we did for part two, um, there's not a lot that you can do in the facility to make it go past really 30 minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, which I thought was a fantastic idea to begin with, because, I mean, how many films, you know, are there storage facility films, especially Christmas films, either, you know, slasher Christmas films. So that was a, that was a really great, uh, great idea. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there are a few others that out there that are in there, but yeah, they don't deal with Christmas or Santa killers. So it's, yeah, it's so original in that that way, at least. They don't, they yeah. don't deal with the, with the crazy guy with a couple axes in a Santa suit. So. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you don't want that at all. So you know. Yeah, which that, that scene in the second one where he's standing there and he's got an axe in each hand, that's just one. It's, it's such an iconic shot that I, just, I mean, I absolutely <laughs> adore that. So. Well, and that, and that was the great thing with, with Drew is, you know, is I told him, because when, when the very first day of shooting, when I yelled action on his very first scene for the very first shot, it, it, is that's when he pulled open the door and he grabs the two girls out. And, and he when he opened it, he just went, this is for Eric. And he just pulled the girls out. And I'm like, no, dude, go for it. Just go for it. You're, you're a bull. You know, you, you, you'll yeah. run through a wall to get to somebody. And from that second on, he became the, the character that he, that he is throughout the movie, which is, yeah, I mean, he'll smash his head through a window or rip down a door <laughs> if he has to. So, which is so not Drew, which is really funny. Yeah. But that shot of him looking all mean, yeah, that's, that's not him at all. <laughs> yeah. And such a great-looking shot. Yeah, so I, I, that was something I did want to say, too, that uh, Maddie touched on a little bit, the lighting and the, the camera angles were just, uh, you know, fantastic. So that's what I, I find a lot of, in a lot of um, independent films is that people don't necessarily know camera angles. And when you're making a film, that's one of the main things that people recognize, you know, the, the low shots or the high shots or, you know, things that make it a little bit spookier. So I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, well, thanks. And, and that's why that's why people who make these types of movies and, and they need to go outside of these movies. So you need to watch the Citizen Kings, the Jaws, the Godfathers, the Apocalypse Now. Yes. You know, Magnificent Ambersons, you know, Magnificent Seven, and even go out and form films like Breathless and other movies. You need to see all these films to, to be able to do this. Just don't copy something Full Moon did, you know, because <laughs> Full Moon took it from somebody else. <laughs> yeah. You know, they took it from a classic movie. So you, you need to go outside that, that low-budget box and, and see all these other films. You know, even if they may not interest you, I mean, go and watch a silent movie. Go, go not 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 even necessarily Nosferatu, but just go watch Charlie Chaplin or or any of these guys. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why they're classics and why people duplicate their their you know their films. Definitely. All right, sir. Well, appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll go go ahead and let you know uh, go. I know it's getting late for you and uh, Maddie as well, so don't want to keep you guys too long here. Um, but appreciate it, and uh, we'd like to have you back on at some point uh, whenever you get the Axmas three and four um, up and going, and um, we can discuss those when they when they come about. So, oh, definitely, thank you. Yeah, cool. All right, and that that'll do it for our uh, episode of um, a belly full of blood here, the Christmas special at the In the Mouth of Monster podcast. Um, I'm Monster Dugan. Stay safe, monsters. Mm-hmm.